0: Hello, everyone. Welcome. This is Quantum Nurse, and I am Grace Asagra, your Holistic Registered Nurse. Thank you for being with us today, and my most special guest at this moment is no other than my friend and colleague, Dr. Jane Marquis. Dr. Jane Marquis, naturopathic doctor, homeopath, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you, Grace, for inviting me. Well, anyway, let me
0: just remind our viewers that um, all the information of Dr. Merkey will be included in the description, together with this recording. So, and feel free—we we always give a fifteen-minute free consultation for you, if you, especially if you have a question. Don't hesitate to reach out. A question for Dr. Marquette, question for me, you know, we'll collaborate and then you'll be able, we'll be able to get back to you. And check out my, my website, the landing page there of Quantum quantumnurse.life and you could have your free video series that will be very helpful, okay? And then just keep remembering that the intention of this podcast is really not just to provide information, but to inspire you, to motivate you, to empower you so that you could take actions in things or, you know, modalities, just anything that you believe will add value to your health, that you have an experience or you have experience and that you stop doing it. This is where we have the conversation, and we could guide you in that. So thank you again for being here. Let me continue by um, just giving you a little bit about Dr. Marquis, and then as we go along, she'll be able to give us more information of a lot of things, especially that's relevant nowadays. So Dr. Jane Marquis She's an MD, naturopathic doctor and homeopath. She has always held the belief that we are more than meets the eye. So like a tree, we are the trunk, the branches, the leaves. But what is equally important is not seen. And it's the underlying roots. The source of nourishment, security and balance. And uh, Dr. McKee, that reminds me also on how I think about cultural health, about indigenous health. I always think that there's even, the roots just go wide and it's explosive. So we don't really know so much. So while receiving her Doctor of Naturopathic Medicine from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine, Jane fell in love with homeopathy. The principles of homeopathy resonated with her profoundly as she had always held the belief that all physical ailments have mental and emotional components. She then pursued her doctor of homeopathic medicine from Ontario College of Homeopathic Medicine. Today, Jane applies her experience, knowledge, passion, and dedication to her current practice and the treatment of every patient she sees and she has also a, a, a license and a pilot now I don't know this one but she'll she'll tell us the VFR <laughs> and she has been in of course a Canadian ballroom dance champ you see you see what special treat we have? You know, she's just more than a doctor, okay? And she does trampoline, and she likes to talk about benefits of rebounding. And she lives in a horse farm, and she really thinks horses and mucking are therapeutic events on, on horseback. And I also have a yoga teacher who became like a... Uh, she she part of her after she retired as a yoga teacher jane she focused on helping in the horse farm for that um thinking and insight and that the you know, being taking care of the horse is very healing and meditative so she loves wim hof breathing and of course cold baths that comes with the territory with mr iceman so thank you for sharing a little bit about you, Dr. Jane Marquise. And, and I'm really happy that you are here with us to share more knowledge, more inspiration.
1: Thank you. Where do we start? <laughs> well,
0: I was I was thinking, Jane, you could have you could have chosen to be, see, you're a dancer, okay. You could be a uh, expert in what? What's the term for those who really do their horse, uh, ride their horses? You could ch- have chosen that field, right? And but you chose to be a doctor, and then you could have chosen to be a medical doctor, a doctor of chiro- chiropractic, or uh, uh, or other types of doctors. But you chose to be a doctor of naturopathic medicine and. You specialize on homeopathy, so
1: take us in your journey. You know it. It's uh. It's been. It took time for me to realize that, and um. It all started when I was quite young. I grew up in a situation that was quite traumatic for me as a child. Um, My parents and grandparents had a fight. And we lived in a really small town. And as a result, most of the town members never really asked my parents their side of the story. And they took the side of my grandparents. And the result was that I felt like an outsider from a very young age, I think from the time I was maybe four. And I realize now at that, you know, where our unconscious mind is programmed between the ages of zero and seven. So that became not only a difficult time, but something that I had to overcome as I became an adult and with homeopathy, I've, I've worked with it extensively, but what it did for me as a child was it made me start to go inside to figure out what this world was about because I found it very jarring you know, you expect love and appreciation and acceptance as a young child. And it was really hard on my soul (laughs) when I was young. So I turned to meditation, and I turned to, you know, looking at the philosophy of a lot of different uh, religions, and, uh, you know, right down to, you know, Dalai Lamas and uh lobsang rampa was a huge influence when i was quite young and i you know i just read a lot and i i became intrigued with how i could become more in touch with my inner strength and the connection to the universe and as a child and as a young person i found that exciting to try to get that connection so that's where you know that's where it all started and my mother was also very naturally orientated she I don't I don't actually remember going to the doctor maybe in my teens when I had mono uh, and I needed blood work but she was very naturally inclined and would use you know you know goose grease and and these old, you know, ways of dealing with colds and flus. And she, she never babied me either. She, she made me self-reliant. Like if I was sick, she didn't, she didn't overly mother me. She, she made me want to get better. And so I did, <laughs> you know, so a lot of these things made me feel more empowered in a way that had to come from inside. And, And then I didn't actually become a naturopath until I was in my early thirties. So I went went to school, I, you know, took business and dance at school, which led me into my whole uh, journey with ballroom dancing. And I entered retail, uh, which was my family business, and did that for a few years until So I had the dancing, which was very exciting, and I loved it. I was so passionate about it. And it was, it's really what feeds my soul, dancing. But at the same time, I was, you know, in a family business that I was doing, I was doing quite well at, but it didn't feel like it was my calling. And at one point, we had opened a satellite store, and it became hard to pay the rent. It became hard to make any money at it at all and i knew the universe was telling me to rethink what i was doing and at that time i got down i actually remember this so vividly i got down on my hands and knees and i i asked the universe because i had i had read a few books at the time um one was the law of one and they talked about how you need to ask the universe what your purpose is in order to receive information and know and I had done a lot of meditation and and attempts to channel and I had I so I was pretty good at it at the time and I, I still am but I can I can quiet my mind and I've you know received information at that time I I had actually received information this way by and I helped my brother heal a sore on his finger that was close to gangrenous, and no doctor could heal it. And I, I I remember channeling this recipe with yogurt and charcoal, and, you know, this poultice that was should be made with certain herbs, and my mom put it on, and his finger was healed within a few days. (laughs) So what I'm saying is I was, I'm pretty good at uh, tuning into the unified field. And I didn't even realize at the time what it was. But what I did was, I asked and two days later, I was walking my dog and I was in stillness, which is when what you need to be to receive this information. And it just came to me that I should be a doctor. And I, I was like, what? A doctor? Like, I'm so into healing naturally. I wouldn't want to ever prescribe a pharmaceutical. But what I did was I immediately I was, you know, you get this excitement because it's it resonates and you know that it's something pretty big. So I went and Googled, um, just, I I forget what I put in my computer, but the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine came up. And when I read their philosophy, I was so intrigued. And I actually, I, I must have sent them, you know, all my transcripts and everything within a few days. And I was enrolled within six weeks, I think. And so that, that began my journey into naturopathic medicine. And when I was there, that's when, so to back up, I'm also so intrigued by mind, body medicine. I feel our mind, you know, if we, if we imagine things, we make them happen. So, and if we dwell on things, we go into a state of anxiety, which affects our body And I had read Barbara Brennan, she's a NASA scientist who shows how our energetic field is affected by what we think and what we eat and what we consume. And it, you know, actually changes our energetic field. But I also had read a lot of Bruce Lipton and he, you know, the molecule of emotion. And he showed how our mind is more, is really affects Every physiological thing that goes on in our body, so the chemistry of our blood is immediately changed when we go into a state of stress. So these these all these things had, you know, percolated in me for a long time. So when I became a naturopathic doctor, and I found homeopathy, I l- fell in love with it hook, line, and sinker, because when you take someone's case in homeopathy, you take all the physical symptoms. And exactly how the person is experiencing it. So it's very unique to that person, which to me, and it's also a philosophy of naturopathic doctors, but to me, it's the most important principle is that each person needs to be treated uniquely and, you know, depending on what they're going through. But it also, So it would take, you know, physical symptoms in the exact way they were experiencing them, but also the mental emotional symptoms. So, you know, how they what they were, what fears they had, what emotions they were going through. And in combination, you would come up with a remedy that was something natural on the planet that would treat that individual. And the whole thing is just so incredible. And even how homeopathic remedy is made and how, you know, it's taken from something that exists on the planet that is something, you know, a tree or a plant or a mineral, or even, you know, milk from an animal and how that, that substance carries so much information that can match what's going on in us as humans. And when you match the two, there's a really curative action that happens with the principle of like cures like. So that has become, you know, a a real passion of mine in learning and, and it's taken, you know, I, I don't think you ever can stop learning in homeopathy, but it's been my passion for the last 12 years. So yeah, that's, uh, that's most of <laughs> how became a doctor
0: yeah, that's, thank you it's very interesting okay i my, most most of us can understand that when you are in an environment like you were talking about how your mom or your other members of your family were using certain things but then you added that uh, experience of just having that quiet moment and connecting to your guides or to messenger messengers directly and you know so that's that's again you know a different way of um in um, putting ourselves in line with what we need to do to help others so that's and, and thank you for sharing that because i just you know uh, many of us will say that all of us can be have that uh, psychic ability or that uh, just as long as we can quiet down instead of being very busy and as long as we recognize and we practice how to receive it then we can continue so i'm glad that you shared that then when when you also said about um take me to that more on the homeopathy because for the homeopathy reminds me of like it's energy medicine and when you said like like to treat likes, okay, right? Yes, correct me if I'm not expressing it well, but in the Philippines, in the indigenous way of treating, they said, if you, if someone had an allergic reaction in eating certain fish, okay? So as if the people say, oh, she just ate that, oh you're allergic to that, what they will do is they will uh, burn or, do that grill, or so I call it burn that same fish on the fire, and that will be the same fish that will be given as a medicine to whoever is an allergy. So that's kind of like I, although I know that in homeopathy, it's that's very tiny, that's why it's so quantum small, and yet the power is so good, right? It uh, that's, yeah. that's energy medicine, correct? <laughs>
1: Yeah. um, And exactly. So that is a really simple way of expressing like cures like, and um, it becomes more complicated with each, you know, as homeopaths have learned, just, you know, how much information is in in even the bark of a tree. Um, But that information is what you use to find the similimum or the, you know, like, cures like, and yeah, it's fascinating. Um, but in homeopathy now they have found, and there's, there's a lot of homeopaths realizing that we need to research how it works because, you know, we get a lot of people saying, oh, there's nothing in it, or it doesn't work when so many have found, or had such profound amazing results with homeopathy, that can't be true. like And you know even the argument that it's placebo, I argue well, a baby doesn't know that they're getting placebo or an animal and they react so well to homeopathy. but' they're, they're starting to realize that they' in quantum physics that when something is reduced it actually gains energy and just the way the, you know, it clumps and, you know, they talk about it as nanoparticles and how it affects the human uh, physiology or, or cell or DNA even is starting to be discovered. So it's exciting. I think it's exciting.
0: Good to, good to remember that and for the, our listeners and viewers to, re, you know, hear that. Yeah, I, energy doesn't necessarily mean a big quantity or huge, you know, but definitely the best energy is when we, it's barely measurable. And yet when it's used in the right way, it explodes. The yeah. effect explodes. So, like... Um, well, can we, can we take it to that to, and how uh, our listeners can use, can understand how they can use this approach on nowadays, because you know how it's people are either they're not sure what's going to happen, they're is, is scared, and they, they're already concerned about their health before more so now when they were bombarded in the mainstream media on we're gonna have a lockdown, et cetera, et cetera. So with that, what what good suggestions can we share with our audience, especially like for the individuals? Maybe we could start with an individual and with your expertise as a doctor of naturopathic medicine and homeopathy.
1: Yeah, well, just to strengthen the immune system, to find you know a, a naturopathic doctor, someone who help can help you do that as an individual, but also homeopathy. When um, whenever there's been epidemics, homeopaths have been hugely successful at treating epidemics, even more than conventional medicine. Many show that it's so successful. And um, even when this particular epidemic broke out, homeopaths talked across the world, you know, we, we formed a web and looked at cases that, you know, were difficult or even slight cases. And we, you know, formulated a certain number of remedies that could help, but, the important thing is to find a homeopath who can take your case properly because everyone is an individual and the remedies are always based on individual symptoms. So it's very empowering though, to find a good homeopath and and treat yourself in this way because it's it treats on such a deep level that it's, it's incredible and the success rates are, are really good. So it's encouraging.
0: So although there there are homeopathic remedies that they can purchase over the counter, there's no substitute for really seeing a homeopathic doctor, correct?
1: Yeah, I'm afraid so. Even, Even with a cold and flu, someone could experience it, for example, they may want to sit on the couch and be very much by themselves and be very thirsty. And, you know, have a slight temperature and a certain way of feeling a cough and you know their eyes might be watering whereas another person would want someone by their side at all times and not be thirsty and want hot drinks you know periodically and you know like we're so unique even how we we experience a flu is unique in everyone and and again it's based on what we're going through at the time how we're going to manifest the symptoms. So it really is important to find a good homeopath and just have your case taken. So you find the right remedy because the truth is if you, sometimes, you know, you can get partially better with the wrong remedy, but a lot of the time nothing happens, which is is good too, because you can do no harm. But when nothing happens, it's a little upsetting. (laughs)
0: Yeah. And sometimes when, when there's no, I mean, yeah, you're right. In a, when one is depleted or immune compromised, uh, the quick remedies or over the counter of anything from the health food store comes handy. But when in the long run it doesn't, that's when, you know, things you 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 are like blocked for getting better. And that's when sometimes it's not correct that we blame it on the homeopathy that it doesn't work. Became, yeah. you know, it doesn't work because we, we're not fully um, applying it the, the right way. You know?
1: Yeah, I have, I have a great story when, you know, and we want to mask the symptoms. People just want to, you know, reduce the fever and stop the cough with a cough suppressant and Tylenol to reduce the fever when in fact we need the fever in order to, the fever serves a purpose in that it kills the virus. But I have a great story when my one of my I have twins. But when one of them was really they used to get really bad coughs. And I was just going through to be an naturopath when they were little and learning about homeopathy at the time. And one of them got a cough so bad that she she couldn't stop coughing. It was like you know, two hours of coughing, and she would vomit. And, and I was giving her remedies, because it's at night, and you're a little bit, you know, you're not thinking properly. And I was just trying different cough remedies, like spongia, and, you know, a couple others that are typical for coughs, and it wasn't even touching it. So finally, I'm like, Oh, I've got to find out more from this little one and find out why you know, this cough is here in the first place. And I put her on my knee. And I just asked her, I said, What are you going through right now, little one? And it's funny how they just tell you the story. She's like, Oh, like, I I asked her, Is there anything going on at school? Or is there anything going on with friends? Because I knew I needed to understand the emotional component to find the remedy. And And she started to tell me a story that she was experiencing at school where she had been grounded and they were were building this uh, fort at the edge of the playground and everyone else could go to the fort and play, but she had to stay close to the school on the tarmac. And I just asked her how she felt. And she said, I'm so sad, mommy, I'm so sad. So I immediately knew that I had to include the sadness in the rubrics, like we talk about rubrics, you know, how the cough is worse at 7pm, worse laying down, better with a drink of water. But sadness was, you know, the emotional component and really important in the case. And when I added that in, I immediately knew what the remedy should be. And after I gave her that remedy, she stopped coughing immediately. And I think I had to repeat it maybe once and she was over it. So that's how that's how amazing homeopathy can work when you have the right remedy. And also an example of how it doesn't work if you have the wrong remedy. It has to, it's like a lock and key, you know. And it's amazing so, when
0: um, there when a practitioner like you really touches on goes into the stories, listening to the stories, and then finding how one feels. Because that's that's sometimes what's missing on the mainstream physicians when they just have maybe five minute time or that maybe even too much already (laughs) based on the insurance or the line of the line of patients that they have. And that that story reminded me also of my story of my son when the first time he went into a camp to, to to camp. I think he was like nine years old so he went there and what I knew more more than homeopathy is essential oil so he has some essential oils in his bag to camp and then that we get a phone call that night and the following night that he's sick his his stomach hurts and he wasn't a sickly child when when he left <laughs> so so then i said let me speak with him so he was uh, he was really feeling homesick it was his first time to be away so then i just kind of said um, would you like uh, said you have an essential oil there and i'll make sure that your dad calls you tomorrow or tonight so you know you'll get a phone call so we you, you we will miss you and but enjoy it's okay to have a good time with them and, and also I am giving your, your guidance, uh, your guide, your counselor that to help you use your essential oil so you can sprinkle it in your bed, etc. So that, that conversation work and the guidance counselor, the youth counselor, she, he was able to help him. And that was the first and the last phone call. After that, he had a good time already. <laughs> so then. Yeah. So that's, it's just quite nice when you could listen, you have we have time to listen and we acknowledge that. And I'm glad that at least the counselor didn't panic. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> Probably seen it before. But yes, yeah, so a homeopath, like, actually talks, like listens. I, I when I'm taking someone's case, I say very little because i want to listen with my heart and and walk beside someone so that they in and, and i always set the the time up that they'll they'll tell me what i need in order to find the remedy you know that their their soul will or their all knowing self will reveal what need what the information that i need to find a remedy but usually it lasts an hour an hour and a half to do that. So yeah, a conventional doctor, I mean, you might only be able to sh- share that you're anxious or, you know, that you're not sleeping properly, but not, not a lot else along with physical symptoms. So quite different.
0: And would that the homeopath, homeopathic remedies, would that be like also a good, like uh, to have like some first aid homeopathic remedies? in your cabinet.
1: Yeah, you know, that was the that was going to be my response, the way that you could try homeopathy is there are some really nice acute remedies. Arnica is one of them. So, you know, if you're and I've I've known MDs to become homeopaths, after experiencing even the effects of Arnica. And Arnica is one of the remedies that you hear of, you know, it's in creams. And even I think I've seen it advertised on TV with a, you know, medical, you know, one side of their mouth, they say it can't work. And on the other side, they're selling it. It kind of makes me chuckle. But Arnica is great if you've had any trauma. So if my girls have fallen off a horse and banged their head, I get Arnica into them as fast as I can, because it stop it actually stops the inflammation. or if you've uh, broken a bone or sprained an ankle or any any physical trauma. if you're going for dental surgery, you know before and after, it's an amazing remedy to try. And another one that's really easy to use is apis, which is made from from the bee, from you know, a bee sting. So if you're if you've been stung by a bee or insects or have something that is suddenly swelling, apis can be an amazing remedy to try. So there's there's a few that you can use, as you know, acute remedies. I you know, and euphrasia is another one, or allium Sipa. This is a beautiful one because allium Sipa is onion. And you know, if you peel an onion, your eyes start to water and your nose starts to water. So it's it's a remedy that you can try at the beginning of a cold. So, because you know, this the symptoms of the actual physical plant or mineral are what indicates what you can use it for homeopathically to treat. So yeah, those are a few ideas or just to even, you know, Tell the listeners how homeopathy works, but um, when I when I speak of Allium sepa, so Allium sepa works really well for me, and not just because like if I'm getting a cold, I will often try Allium cepa, but not just because of the physical symptoms. It also comes from the lily family, which has in a deeper way of homeopathy we consider the um, the deeper way of looking at it as the Lily family has the feeling of being forced out or pushed out of the group. So I've, I remember my late teens, early twenties. And again, when I was just becoming a naturopath, I would get hemorrhoids. And I, I recognized the the correlation between the lily family, because as a young person when I was growing up, I felt pushed out of the tribe, pushed out of the group, that I didn't belong. So I knew that probably a remedy from the lily family would help me. And one of the big remedies for hemorrhoids is aloe, and it's also lily family, and it is it, it cured me like forever from having hemorrhoids again and Ali and Sipa will help me a lot when I have a cold. So that's just a personal story. And you know, my my personal help with uh, homeopathy. And what it does too is it lessens the grip of that feeling of being pushed out. Like you know, it can it can weigh on your mind, it weighs in your subconscious. A lot and you it you find you ruminate or you or you tense up when something happens that triggers that feeling and what it does is it breaks the circuit so that you don't get triggered the same and it almost because we're not really who we were from zero to seven you know um, a lot of things that we learn and are just passed on and Is information through the five senses and what people tell us is all programming. So we're able to change those circuits. We're able to rewire, but if we're unaware that that's even going on, then we remain in those patterns and circuits and they affect us every day, even though we don't realize it. So that's even a deeper way of looking at homeopathy. And I have a whole story about, um, where I've went with homeopathy in the last eight, eight to 10 years, um, I've become very, do, should I tell this story? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I can get like, I, I can talk for hours about homeopathy. So I resonated profoundly with the teachings of Divya Shambra. She's from India. And when I was first studying as a naturopath, we went to India Uh, My mentor at the time felt it was really important for us to go to see the best of the best and see what they're doing because she knew that it would affect us uh, profoundly and it did for me I was, I was in my second year at naturopathic medicine when I went to India and saw case after case healed with homeopathy that had been given up on by the allopathic world and seeing the correlation with something natural on earth and just being so excited by it. So I went to India three times. And in the third time I heard Divya Shambra talk about the unconscious mind. And she was talking about how it's programmed through the five senses and how this was part of, it was the very beginning, she was just at the beginning of talking about how that, you know, finding the circuit in the unconscious mind through the five senses was a new way of finding a homeopathic remedy. And I went to every conference she had after that, because I had, you know, studied Bruce Limpton and realized how programmed we were. And it just resonated with me. And she she talks about you know how we are programmed and 95 percent of our brain is unconscious and how those circuits will come up you know you you think you're having a good day and then suddenly something will happen and you sometimes don't even know what it is but it sends you into this pattern of anger or emotion and your good day is shot you know <laughs> like, we've all had those experiences. <laughs> so I was like like you, you know when you've had it happen to yourself and you realize as humans that's 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 who we are. We're you know programmed and unaware of this huge part of our brain and programming that goes on all the time and she tells this amazing story to just get to help people understand how, influential this is, imagine that um, a child grew up next to a school, and they ate at the exact time that the school bell rang. So let's say they ate at 9am, 12 noon, 3pm. And so like Pavlov's dog, you know, that experiment, as soon as the bell rang, They may, you know, the eating may not have correlated exactly, but their mouth would water and their gastric juices would start to happen and they'd, you know, get excited to eat. And that was all good while they were living next to the school and it was only happening three times. But imagine they grew up and they moved next to a train station where a bell was going off every 10 minutes, you know, woo, woo, And what would happen is their body or their mind has this circuit where a bell means food and every physiological thing has to start happening in order to eat that food. So the mouth starts to water, the gastric juices start to happen and they either develop an eating disorder because they, they have to eat. Like that's the controlled uh, programmed response, or if they resist everything happens, but they develop a peptic ulcer because they're not eating. So that's how it can affect us physically. And there's also the information that I want to share is that our automatic mind is also part of the unconscious mind. And the automatic mind is what is responsible for our blood pressure and our breathing. Like we don't even think about it. And if we drink, we have to go pee. We don't think about that. It, you know, it would be great if we could control it, but we can't. Like, it's like, it's totally automatic. Uh, uh, the way a wound will heal, you know, what's happening with our skin, our hormones, all controlled by the same part of our brain as the unconscious. So if there is a circuit that often goes off, like this bell, or you know, something can happen that we're completely unaware, because remember, we learn in the unconscious with the five senses. And it can be all little details, you know, in the background, and all kinds of small things that are happening at the time that become part of the circuit. So if something gets triggered in this unconscious mind often, Uh, I I often tell the story of, say, a businessman who's laying on the beach, and something happens and his blood pressure goes up, even though he's on the beach trying to have a nice time, something is happening in his brain. And so the blood pressure, which is part of the automatic mind will stay elevated, because it's constantly being triggered there, and he's completely unaware of it. So, you know, this is, This is how exciting it gets with this, you know, being able to find these circuits that are causing trouble and causing the physical symptoms that they're related to and then treating it with a remedy that cancels it out. So I find that really exciting.
0: That is exciting, especially (laughs) if, if, if it can, what I'm hearing from you is that it starts with one's uh, knowing of themselves right you know other than having that physician or you know that our holistic practitioner like you who could help them like know because you know that's really a lot to to be buried in the unconscious 95 percent
1: yeah. yeah and actually it's a very precise way that Divya teaches in order to transverse the unconscious mind right because there's all kinds of things all kinds of programs all kinds of information but what you want to do is go to the circuit that's causing the problem and it will be related to the physical so you can confirm it but that is the mastery of of doing what she's teaching i think it can you know it can be done through hypnosis it can be done through you know, a spontaneous awareness. You know, she tells the story of how someone developed an extreme allergy. And when they realized it happened when they were on the phone and something really traumatic was told to them, but they, the allergy was to peaches and they were eating a peach at the time. And some, someone uh, uh, took them back to that time in, in, therapy. And when they made the correlation, they were able to heal it. But often we're not able to make the connection, like we just have no clue what is causing the problem where it came from. And, you know, that's the tricky part.
0: (laughs) Is that something that you uh, do with your clients or you teach the clients or patients to do?
1: Well no it's something that when I take a homeopathic intake when I treat someone that's the that's the way that I go about it. I because I yeah I really get excited about what she's doing and so I've learned this method and I follow her you know the path to the circuit and find the exact remedy that will cancel it out.
0: And that goes back again to what you said earlier that you Listen more than you talk. And maybe I can imagine that when you have your sessions, they come to you. There are questions, the key, the keys to asking the right questions of what happened, when it happened, how what how did you feel? What was happening before? So those those that's key yeah. questions. Yeah. It seems yeah. insignificant,
1: but yeah. It's <laughs> so significant and people so significant. used to either we're not used to tuning into exactly how something feels and mm-hmm. expressing it in this way. So, you know, it takes, you know, training and getting someone used to expressing those
0: and things. and, uh, and you, we're not trained to sometimes connect the dots because, you know, I, I can't help but practice connecting the dots with what's happening currently, right? From the health crisis that happened to the fear crisis, to everything, you know, it's like always connecting the dots. So like, you know, that this doesn't have to be uh, going away from any of your interests of talking about homeopathy or natural medicine, but it's just the pattern of being able to connect the dots and pay attention because when they're, when they're saying that, okay, in, in United States, they said that, oh, um, they made a census, I believe, that who wants, who, who, what percentage of the population wants vaccine and the percentage of the population who doesn't want vaccine. And they're saying that there are more Caucasian people who wants vaccine and there are less people of color and especially African-American descent who who, who wants who, who less percentage of that. And yet when they have to make their preferences in voting, it seems like they couldn't connect who of those, who of whether it's a Trump or Biden will tell you more of where the vaccine is going or something. I said, if, if, if people just connect it and then to the previous history, I think I can, they can figure it out. Hmm, Maybe, maybe our preference is doesn't match or does doesn't make sense. So I just can't help it like that. Think of that.
1: Well, it's kind of when this all broke out. And I've always, I've always believed that we are more powerful than meets the eye. I that's why I started a podcast empowered health, because I really believe that people we're, we're programmed from a very young age to respect, you know, uh, someone in authority. We're programmed from a very young age to, if something goes wrong inside, I wasn't necessarily, but many are, if something goes wrong, you go to a doctor. The doctor knows, you know, you don't know, the doctor knows. So we've given away our power. And my whole podcast, my whole shtick is Empowered the mind body connection and how we need to start believing in our own innate intelligence, our own innate ability to heal, you know, and our own intuition as to how that should happen and who we should go to, to trust. And just not look at everything with face value and be told that this is, you know, what is happening and to be afraid But instead to hold strong inside ourselves and know that we have, we have the ability to handle this situation and not to give away our power. That's how I feel about that. (laughs) Yeah. Well,
0: let's maybe talk about uh, a little bit again about that energy field, because I know you and I both respect the work of Barbara Brennan. And when and when when yeah, you know, in, in his in her works and other people's works, they talk about us having an energy field, right? That we could protect and that's how we can even determine what homeopathic remedy or supplement will resonate to our energy field. How do you see it or can can you see it also that we have a collective energy field? that and if if our energy field is an instrument for our healing how can how do you see it also as an energy field a collective energy
1: field so that it could be
0: towards healing
1: well yeah so yes i believe that like you it's who's read Barbara Brennan's Hands of Light, like she's a NASA scientist who could see the energy field. I was just fascinated by it. Um, but I believe that healing has to eat for the, for the world, our healing has to start inside. And the, to recognize that we do have this energetic, electromagnetic quality to us that is connected to everything and everyone. And I would encourage anyone to watch Thrive 2. It's a beautiful documentary and it's talking about all of these things that are kept hidden from us. Like, you know, it's got Hasim Harameen talking about the unified field and how things are fractal and geometric and how, you know, how I'm affecting you hundreds, thousands, miles away by our connection and how the heart has its own cells and its own mind and how the heart is connected to, you know, our, to the unified field. And this is how we receive great information and inspiration and how we can heal each other and the planet. So it's a, it's, to me, it's where we need to be looking. It's where we need to be doing the research. It's, It's incredibly important.
0: Maybe one day I'll see your name because you'll be doing that research.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right now I'm just living it. And I think if everyone just lives it, I think we will change the way things are now because it's mostly based on fear.
0: Yeah. And just as you said, you know, it begins with us. It begins with looking into us. So that's when that individual energy field that's healing will connect and connect and becomes like a a collective community current global healing thing and if we can just remember that
1: And and to be aware of what we think affects so much of what we become and what our future becomes in a mass scale but if we remain in fear not only do we disease our own body because it's not it it's, it doesn't resonate with our heart and our, you know, our connection to the unified field, it keeps us disconnected. But to focus on, you know, the answers and on what our unique gift is to offer at these times and to become excited about that. Whenever I've been in my deepest despair, I've always asked, how can I serve? And it's like the unified field and (laughs) <laughs> whatever out there just lights up and you are given the information and just re- like when I became an naturopathic doctor and it happened again when I chose to have my podcast it's and you know and when you when you're doing things that are in line with what you should be doing there's this excitement and your heart is just you know, full and exploding, and I don't know even know how you, you know, can tell someone that. I'm sure you felt it, but it's then you know that you're on the right path because it's almost like there's choirs singing. You know,
0: <laughs> yeah. And 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 uh, talk about for uh, individuals like us when we feel that is is like I know we we get tired. It's a lot. It's work. It's not that. Everything is easy just because we know we're in the right path. In fact, it could be so difficult. But then you just kind of go through and you <laughs> you, you thrive on that difficult path, and eventually, it just feels so good that you know all the other sacrifice doesn't matter much when you know you're we're doing what we need to do. So um, it's, yeah. it's, it's always there's something always there and. Uh, while well, you were talking earlier about um, you, uh, about again homeopathy what it reminded me also is the term in in botanical medicine in botany plant botany is the plant signature because during those during before they started you know doing uh, this experiments the the way the current science does is different from the indigenous science, which the indigenous science is very similar to what you're saying that, you know, you observe when you were talking about the lily and, you know, and how that works for you. And I always remember how the the, the broccoli, the cauliflower looks like a brain. And before they studied that in, in the lab, then they know that it is good for, for brain food. And when I was in, in, in Hawaii, one last many years ago, studying plant botany, ethnobotany, and there's this ethnobotanist from Hawaii. And that's what he, she led us to is observing, knowing the plant signatures. And I like that because it brings back again to from, I know from other alternative science that the real science is observation. <laughs> like, <laughs> like like Barbara Brennan, I'm very impressed. And, you know, thank for, his, for her courage of really documenting subjective experience, which is usually like disregarded in the modern science. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, because it can't be proven. But yeah. So exactly. And for whatever reason, why has it been covered up? You know. Oh,
0: yeah. Tell us. Remember, isn't it that it's homeopathy was already big or maybe oh, it... equal, equal with yeah. you know what Western medicine what in 1960s, 50s? Anyway, it was big already. Then suddenly it just like kind of
1: yeah, it was at the time that pharmaceuticals were the first um, antibiotics were yeah. started in the first um, chemicals that were plant based could be patented. And yeah, they, the pharmaceutical and the medical system wanted to monopolize and and there's a lot of wealth involved, whereas things that are truly natural can't be patented. And when I give someone a homeopathic remedy, it costs $10, enough to last at least two months, you know, and maybe months. $10. There's not a lot of money in that. And yeah, if the world was just <laughs> run more by people that truly care about healing. You know
0: they say it's, it's always follow place, the money right Fo- follow the money if there's no if they cannot patent it and if, if and if it really produces wellness no there's not a lot of money in wellness you know
1: <laughs> money we don't, want, we don't want someone cured
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah or else where would uh where would a lot of uh the yeah.
1: I I always caution people like to question when there's a lot of money involved, at least look deeper.
0: Okay. Yeah. Always look deeper.
1: Empower yourself. Look deeper. And And, that's
0: what the podcast, your podcast is and my podcast. Yes. And a lot of new media, which is for me is podcasting, alternative media, which I always say, I, a lot of what I learned that was really helpful for me were all from the alternative source. So I'm biased. When I say alternative, I go for that. Anything hidden, <laughs> I'm going to go. Anything that's censored, let me check.
1: So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Homey, yeah, me too. Like a homeopath always looks at all sides. Mm-hmm. Like
0: yeah.
1: we, we don't think we know anything unless we look at all sides. And even when a patient's telling me, that I'm sick because of this. It's usually not because of that. It's usually (laughs) something out here. So my my brain is trained to look everywhere like you. Yeah,
0: Yeah. thank you. Now, what would be the good advice for people who are, you know, stressed? They're really stressed because what happened and they're already stressed before the quarantine time, but now more so because they're locked with their family who are suffering with dementia, chronic park Parkinson's, or, or or even the post um, post stroke that they just can't fit in a regular senior center, but even in the senior daycare centers, that's already luck. What what would be a good one so that they could really um be their immune system will be strong as well.
1: Yeah, like to look at the natural immune boosters is always good. Um but to also center and stay away from fearful thoughts because they reduce our, they're the biggest culprit to slam our immune system. So you have to stay centered breathing helps. That's why I love Wemhoff. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Breathing. Breathing is incredible because we not, when we're stressed, we go into fight or flight. And as soon as we go into fight or flight, our, the blood goes to the center of our body, we stop breathing rhythmically. And, you know, you can put a monitor on your body and it will and, and it baths our whole body in stress hormones, which are anti life. So I love Wem Hof. he's, he's like the ice man, he's easy to access right now. And, uh, you know, I, my husband, I've tried to get him to meditate for years but he doesn't resonate with meditating he's a hey man he's going to make things happen right but when he was introduced to Wim Hof he loved it too because you know there's this the breathing and the holding of the breath which alkalinizes the body and it centers you so you do like you know a set of 30 breathing and then you breathe out and hold your breath for between one minute and three minutes so you have to still your mind and you have to be in the moment to do that. And he he loves it because it, uh, you know, it's like that sharpening the skill, it, you know, just in such a, you know, an incredible personality. But I love it because it's, it, because of all the things it does for you naturally. Like it alkalinizes, which is, you know, our body thrives in an acidic environment. So when you're alkaline, viruses and uh, even cancer doesn't have the hold. So it's really important to stay alkaline by drinking, you know, the right water, eating lots of greens and breathing properly. And uh, yeah, it has, you know, this ability to center, you're not in fear, you're focused only on the moment, all these things that are really powerful to keep a strong immune system. So I that's, that would be, you know, take these things up, if you're at home, do some research on what's going on. Uh, yeah. Learn, some, you know, it's some fair. things that can empower you. Yeah. See it as an opportunity.
0: Yeah, breathing, breathing, breathing. That's really crucial, and yeah, there are many types there, and so it's good to find one that one resonates. And I can see that Wim Hof resonates to to guys, or you know, because it's basically, it's I guess it's a little bit more like uh, active, active, you know.
1: And well, breathing also puts you into um, so fight or flight is when you're in sympathetic state and breathing puts you into parasympathetic state, which is a relaxed state. And when you go into that state, even your blood pressure goes down your, your your digestive system improves, your immune system flourishes. So that's where we want to stay.
0: You know, and I'm sometimes when I'm driving, I'm doing some breathing exercises, not the Wim Hof, but doing, especially when you're stuck in the traffic or you're in the traffic light. It's always good because sometimes you're right. Sometimes we even forget that our breathing is too shallow.
1: Yeah. I tell people you you can, like, you have to be careful when you're driving. Don't do Wim Hof because you you, (laughs) you could pass out because it's quite fast. But even to do some breathing in for six, out for six, especially when you're stressed. You know, it's something we can control so easily and change so easily.
0: And it it also, also the Wim Hof looks like it may be very um, practical for those who are like panicking, you know, and then just lead them to the Wim Hof method. It might <laughs> be perfect. Yeah, thanks. No. Yeah,
1: and, and the cold baths are amazing. Yeah, the cold, I do the cold baths after as well. I started just by filling my tub with the, you know, well water. And I was having um, some, some joint pain that came after a virus. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I happened to watch, watch something Wilmhoff and I just wanted to experiment with it. Would it help without, you know, I didn't do anything else. And it was incredible how much it helped. So, and you so, did it
0: you did it in the tub
1: yeah i just did it in the tub so i filled the tub just with cold water okay and at first you're lucky if you can stay in for 20 seconds but i can now stay in for five minutes okay yeah
0: do you combine do you combine your wim hof breathing while you're in the tub okay
1: i always do wim hof breathing first. first And then you get in the tub, and then it's good to continue breathing, because it takes your mind off of how cold it is. But, <laughs> but it's incredible. And it, yeah, it increases our brown fat. And it, I, I do believe it helps your immune system. If you've got a fever, you shouldn't get in, in the cold, but it makes you much more vital as a, you know, as a human being. And yeah, it's incredible.
0: And even without uh, thinking about what research, it's just like you know the food you preserve the food, you put it in a cold place. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how our body is. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, um, that's why uh, you know in, in, in Canada, you know, uh, maybe there maybe there's a lot here in New in US also, but my experience are more in Canada when they have a Nordic bath. I love that when I can go from one cold, to hot, to cold, to hot, and just go from one place to another. And that's
1: good. Yeah, even hot and cold showers are incredibly beneficial. But yeah, the hot and cold baths are, the hot and...
0: And I noticed that there are mountains in the Philippines that's really high and it's cold. And then I noticed the elders there, their skin are so nice. I mean they may be wrinkled skin, but the text the texture, just the shine, the glow of their faces. But one thing I know that's different is they all oh, they don't have a very hot summer. It's always like a spring. <laughs> and of course, not everyone has a hot and cold shower. So you take a cold shower.
1: Yeah. Yeah, or to alternate is yeah. really important.
0: I like that alternate hot and cold shower as well, especially yep. for the winter time. Now, right. um, so uh, what? You have any advice for someone who may be a, a young person younger than us, <laughs> looking to be a looking to choose w- where she's gonna be in terms of her healing journey? Maybe she might be called to do similar to you. What would you advise them?
1: Right, so there are some like I went to the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine for to become a naturopathic doctor, which is a four year four year degree after university, and then to become a homeopath, I went to the Ontario College of Homeopathic Medicine, which has a really high standard of teaching, so that you learn all about every remedy and um, different you know potencies and you take case with take cases with a supervisor for you know a period of time and write cases up and it's it's a really good school. So I, I would encourage uh, researching the school that you want to go to. And I, I I always say if there were more homeopaths in this world, we would it would be a different place. So I would yeah. encourage if anyone is interested in homeopathy to The the Ontario College of Homeopathy here does a lot of online work, and I know the one in New York does as well. Wonderful people running them.
0: That's very good. Thank you. Now, um, is there anything that keeps you up at night?
1: (laughs) Not really. Okay, (laughs) The odd stress, you know, I think we all get stressed. But I've I've developed this way of telling my mind, like, and you can develop this, where you, you know, things are rattling around. And you know that it's, you know, not it doesn't make sense. I can actually talk to myself and say, you know what, let's put this away till tomorrow. This isn't working for us in the moment. And I found I can dump a lot of thoughts that way, too. So it's, It's incredible. Once you realize what's going on, how you can counteract it.
0: And what makes you happy?
1: What makes me happy? Doing my podcast, I meet the most amazing people, empowering people, and uh, really getting that message out that people are far more powerful than they can imagine. Just go inside, do some work, and you know, find your inner power.
0: Wow, this is beautiful. Thank you so much. You've shared a lot that are inspiring and um, you want to tell them more on where they can find you, how how can they support what you're doing? Because what you're doing is is, is special, as we said, we want to have more homeopathic doctors.
1: my if you Google my name, I have a clinic. I'm trying to make it part of my podcast. Um, it's always been windwoodclinic.com. Um, and all about me is there, but my podcast is in powered health, IN is an inward, poweredhealth.com. And I'm actually in the works of changing that to empowered mind, and then my clinic is empowered health. So that's you know, it's it's morphing a little bit, but right now it's under empoweredhealth.com. It comes up and, you know, we're up on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube as well. Thank you.
0: So um, I'll make sure all the links will be in below with this uh, interview. And I like to share at the end, it's a quantum affirmation. Because again, the power of the mind-body connection and the power of words, the, just the power of, there are tools. And one of the tools that I like to use for myself and recommend for others is quantum affirmation. I have these cards and I shuffle them. And then I said, what can I share today for the audience and with Chain with Dr. Marquis? So I, I, I have here, I got jump for joy and i say this three times in the morning three times at noon three times in the evening you know i like trees and in numerology that's also powerful number three 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 equals nine is good numerology numbers for those who follow numerology so it says jump for joy i love life and choose to live life exuberantly i am full of energy and enthusiasm I take time to experience joy each day, whether in big or small things. I love life and choose to live life exuberantly. I am full of energy and enthusiasm. I take time to experience joy each day, whether in big or small things. I love life and choose to live life exuberantly. I am full of energy and enthusiasm. I take time to experience joy each day, whether in big or small things. And so when you read, read this, I'll make a copy. And then, you know, just feel every word. Because
1: yeah. yeah, I think it's the message of the day to yeah. find, you know, what you're passionate about. And then do exactly that. Yeah. I was also thinking that's why I love trampoline. Oh, okay. And... <laughs> But by the way, but you still doing
0: dancing and all that? I mean,
1: no, when I had, when I had twins, my uh, dancing career came to a, to a halt, even though we were going to the worlds at the time. And that's why I took up trampoline, but I love, I love the, you know, jumping and, you know, doing tricks in the air. And it makes me feel, it brings out my inner child, but, I love rebounding, which is, you know, a smaller version, because it flushes the lymph, I'll leave everyone, this is my other tip,
0: yeah,
1: to rebound, it flushes the lymph, and it builds bone in a way that no other exercise can. So even, uh, you know, people that have gone out of space and come back with bone loss, or women in with osteoporosis, if they rebound, it rebuilds their bone. And yeah, it's
0: there's something to that um, being in space, right? Like, a yeah, moment
1: gravity. Of- yeah. So when you come back, you yeah. need to build the, the bone and the tissue, and it does an incredible job. So that would okay. be my tip for All the right. day. So-, with Joy. <laughs> so
0: if you have a space, you have people outside.
1: Oh, a rebounder, you have is that, like-
0: that rebounding,
1: you know. A rebounder, though you can get one for your home that's only three feet, like small. It's like a tiny trampoline.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So, there it you goes,
1: go. It goes yeah. with jump for joy, right? Mm-hmm.
0: There you go. So we we you can do things. If so don't be scared what might happen. Lockdown or no lockdown, we become creative at home. To keep our health going because so that we're always can have our spirit up as well okay so thank you so much and yeah please let us know which of which of this uh, interview resonates to you and which action step you took or you will take and just keep us posted so can, we can continue to be inspired on you know uh, creating conversations like this. And um, check out again quantumnurse.life and uh, connect there. And if you like this, share it with others and just keep sharing, do some comments. And in my language, I say mabalos. And that's thank you.